Welcome back. This is episode two of Shrink Wrapped. I'm David and this is my beautiful wife, Allison. Hi, thanks for joining us. If you didn't see it last week, uh, the premise of the show is to ask the psychologist, David, two questions in two minutes. But if the conversation's good, we're gonna keep going. So the first question is from Brittany in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And she wants to know what your thoughts are on the emotional burden of women, which is a hot topic in, uh, in the literature right now. It's a hot topic in the literature and it's a hot topic in our home. Uh, <laughs> Allison constantly reminds me of, the, uh, of her emotional burden. Okay, so here's, here's my transparent uh, response. I hate the idea of an emotional burden. To me, it, I have a hard time sort of uh, reconciling the fact that you're worried about things and the burden of worrying about those things uh, is, dis is unique to you and that, that I don't have that worry or that men in general don't have that worry. And I think in the kind of popular culture, the, I, the, the kind of the zeitgeist right now is women are worried about everything, women keep the household together, women are juggling all of this, and men just walk around bumping into walls until a woman tells them what direction to go. And I don't think that's totally accurate. I do believe that your expectations for how a house runs is di are different than mine. I think you have higher expectations. I think you worry about things naturally more than I do. And you could say, and I think it's a, it's a fair sort of comment, that I don't have to worry about it because you keep everything in order and because you're keeping everything in order, I never sort of bump into it. And if we said, hey, who's gonna wait longer to do the laundry? I'll outweigh you. I'll, I, can, I can deal with a mess longer than you can. And so as a consequence, I don't have any emotional burden because I wait until I want to do the laundry and then I just do it. Whereas you walk past the pile of clothes and experience distress. Um, so the, 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 the frequent pushback that I will say is, Allison, if you want that laundry done, delegate it to me, I'm happy to do the laundry. And then I feel like a hero because I've done the actual laundry, I've done the tangible thing, and Allison's going, well, I had to think about the laundry. Um, but there is, I am, what I'm missing there, what I think men miss there, is the idea that she has to worry about the laundry and she has the burden of then delegating the laundry and the fact that she's doing that uh is sort of if you think about it like she's worried about the laundry worried about the dishes worried about the bills worried about the kids worried about the whatever this and that uh there is a burden to thinking about all of those things juggling all those things simultaneously so i guess the question for you is how do you think a husband or partner could help out because if you ask me to do the laundry, I'll do the laundry. If you ask me to clean the backyard, I'll clean the backyard. So my response to you is, well then delegate it and you say, well, delegating it is also my burden. So what would be a better way for us to navigate that or for people to navigate that? Well, that's my question to you because <laughs> I'd like to know, cause like I also don't wanna be a delegator. I don't wanna be the nag. I just want us to be in sync about what needs to be done. And I do feel like maybe you should do a review of the book Fair Play. I will do some, I, you keep lining up. If you saw the, the list of books that she wants me to read. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, get, I mean. So we're in sync, because otherwise it's, I feel like the burden of like the children really just like navigating that, what school they're going to, what their when their doctor's appointments are just like 
having to keep that emotional checklist in my brain, I want to share that checklist with you. So, cause I feel like having that sometimes is too much. So, so I recognize that, I guess there's two answers to it. The first answer is why? So here's, here's the, the uncut and, uh, definitely not PC response is why don't you lower your standards? If you, if, if, if when you're gone for two weeks, and this house functions fine, the kids are fine, they, I make sure I feed them all, right? The house is messier when you're not here, but I, I get it done. If you lowered your standards, then we would be in sync. But that's not how it works, right? How it works is the person who's the sloppier one, in this case it happens to be me, I have to raise my game to meet your high standards, right? So since you're making me raise my game, if there's an expectation you want me to meet as far as worrying about all this kind of stuff, I think it's fair for you then to have the burden of delegating that. If you're unhappy with something in a relationship, so take the work out of it, just anything in a relationship, I think the person who's experiencing the distress, I think it's on them to communicate that distress and say, here's what I want you to do. If you don't do it, you can't blame your husband or your partner or whoever for not meeting, you know, mm -hmm. not meeting that standard. I think is that's, that, fair? that is fair. And I will read the book Fair Play, but I first have to read the, what's the book I have to read? He's going to read Untamed by Glennon oh, Doyle yeah, yeah, yeah. to also comment because we got a lot of people asking. I'm like halfway through with that. I'm I, halfway through. We, I read that book. It was a number one bestseller. Um, a lot of people commented about Rachel Hollis reading that and getting divorced. Which I think is a crazy idea, but I'll read the book and we'll But it's possible. It. Yeah. Question two. Okay, next, next question is... Um, is how do you find joy with littles? How do I find, find joy with littles? So I actually have, I'm actually, so my response will be better than how I actually am as a father, so I'll admit that. Uh, in theory, I do think, I, I, I passionately feel that as a parent, you have to make the decision to be happy with your role as a parent. At least in my experience, I think in your experience, when you become a parent, your friend group will collectively go, oh my God, this sucks. All the things that were good in our life are now gone and now we're stuck at home changing diapers and we're being screamed at. And it's easy to sort of look at going outside or going to the park or going to the museum or the zoo as all burdensome. And so because it's burdensome, you don't want to do it. And so what you do is you just sort of retreat in your house and go, this sucks. And I think you have to make the sort of cognitive shift. You have to reframe it and go, I'm going to enjoy this. I want to be remembered as a parent that was fun. And so the branding for your kid needs to be dad or mom or whoever likes to hang out with us or likes to hang out with me, likes to do fun things. And so I actively try to be fun and be happy around it as opposed to sort of falling into the kind of societal rut of this is miserable and it's really difficult to have a five-year-old. I like Jesse Eisler's quote about building your life resume. I think Jesse Eisler is a absolute genius. Yeah. But what he has, my favorite quote from him, so Jesse Eisler has building your life resume is sort of his, I think it's a workshop or it's sort of a, a mantra about how you want to approach your life. Give yourself new experiences, do new things, push your boundaries. Um, and one of the ways I think he's demonstrated that is he has this run, I think it's an annual run where you go up and down his hill in his backyard uh, and it's some big, you know, sloping hill with grass on it. Um, 
and his wife is always like, you're, you, if you do this big run, you're going to ruin our grass. He has all these people come in and run up and down the hill a hundred times. And his line back to her is, uh, who is Sarah Blakely, by the way, the owner of, or the founder of Spanx, is we're raising kids, we're not raising grass. And I think that idea, like when I heard that, I thought it was really powerful. I think his priorities are totally in alignment. Um, he's a, that guy's a juggernaut. All right. I think you have a Dave Hollis question too. Yes. What do you think of his? What do you think of today? Okay, so Dave. So, so the reason why I know that that question is coming up is because Dave Hollis today. This is Thursday, the twenty fifth. Dave Hollis came out um, and did another Rise Together podcast. So I don't know how much you've been tracking of my channel, but if you've been tracking the Hollises. Uh, they announced their divorce about three weeks ago. Then last week, Dave came out on a podcast and I think was a little bit tone deaf in the way he came out. He was very positive about the future and he's going to take the Rise Together podcast and Rachel's going to take the Rise podcast. Um, I think Dave got a lot of negative feedback from the Rise Together sort of shit, you know. Okay, the, we're, ha we're getting divorced, but, but on to the next. Um, and so I thought today he did a much better job meeting the mood. He was slower, softer, it seemed more emotional. Um, I mean, certainly people are gonna be skeptical because he should have been that way last week, so it's an odd sort of decision on his part, but he definitely is displaying gratitude to the community and definitely displaying uh, emotion around it. He's not, what I want him to do is unrealistic. What I want him to do is say, we intentionally misled you and we're sorry. You know, we got out in front of our skis, the marriage was going downhill, but we had all these things set up, and so we didn't know what to do other than keep demonstrating our relationship publicly as something that was going really well, uh, when behind the scenes it was falling apart. He's, he can't say that, he can't admit to his audience that he's misled them. Um, I, think, I think we all know that he has, and I think we have to kind of just forgive him for that. He's not gonna do that because it would undermine his entire business, um, and he doesn't wanna be branded as someone who is uh, insensitive or immoral or any of those things. And I don't think he is those things. I really do think uh, they got in a bad position. They are, they, they had a machine there and it's hard to, you know, that, that, that business was running like a machine and it is hard to sort of, you know, turn on a dime when things go south uh, in the relationship. But I'm so irritated because <laughs> I'm still irritated about it because I feel like they keep saying on both of them, even Rachel was like, it's my best friend, he's my best friend. Like we just have so much fun together. And so our best friend relationship is what hid the hard parts of our relationship. And I feel like that is so stupid. Like stop saying that. You are divorcing him because you hate his guts, okay? You are not divorcing him because you're best friends and you love hanging out. Because if that was the case, you wouldn't be divorcing him because you should stay with your best friend. She's a little more raw than I am. <laughs> I, I do think it's a, and you, if, you, if you listen to Rachel come out and then you listen to Dave come out, it's clear that they have the same uh, marketing team because they, they hit the same notes, which is, this is painful for me. You know, if, I, if I'm Rachel, it's painful for Rachel. If I'm Dave, it's painful for Dave. Um, I know that this is the right thing. They've both said very clearly, I'm certain this is the right next step. And they've also both communicated in sync uh, that they're each other's best friends, which I don't think anybody buys. That makes no, it just, 
I get it in theory, but I don't think that that's how they're currently feeling. I just simply don't buy it. So here's my question. So if I was yeah. coming to you as a patient and I said, I just have so much fun with my husband. We have four kids together. We have so much fun. We just are best friends, but I just can't be married to him. Like that is very confusing to me. Um, so I, I wouldn't just, so first of all, let me just address, address. so I, I have a master's degree in marriage and family therapy, I'm a licensed psychologist, got a, my PhDs in counseling psychology, but I work as an executive coach, business consultant in that capacity now. I used to run a private practice. There are some people online that I think, uh, I don't, I want, I don't want to mislead people to think that I have a current patient load uh, in the traditional kind of clinical sense. I have clients, but they're their executive level, it's coaching clients. Um, but if I had a client, executive coaching client, or even when I was doing marriage and family counseling type work, uh, I wouldn't call bullshit on the idea that they're still best friends. Um, I think it's fair to say that you can fall out of love with somebody, but you can still like them. I think that's possible, and I think that's maybe what they're saying. Now, to the extent that they are best friends, I have a hard time. I mean, that's, it's a little bit, uh, that feels over the top. So I wouldn't overtly go, oh, that's bullshit. There's no way you're friends. They could still be friends and still respect each other. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's possible. I, can't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You call bullshit. I'm just so confused by it all. I am. I'm still, like... Perplexed. Anyway, thank you for joining. This has been really fun. Appreciate you guys watching. Love your comments. Please send in your questions in the comment section. It helps us uh, for next time. Thank you.